Welcome to Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast with me, Jack, and me, Jacob. Hello, welcome to Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast with me, Jacob Stolworthy, and me, Jack Shepherd. We are here because we have finished Watchmen. We have watched the finale, and we're a, bit, we're a few days later, but in our defence, we won't show the episode in advance. No, we, we won't. And we live in the UK, so we're a bit behind. And we needed time to process. So we thought we'd give it a few days for it all to sink in, and boy, have some sinking in occurred. <laughs> that was a good finale, wasn't it, Jack? It, just a bit good. I think... And I know you're going to agree with me. We haven't actually really properly spoken about this. No, we haven't. I think it's embedded itself as one of the greatest TV shows of all time. All time. With its one season. Maybe like greatest one season show of all time. Yeah. I mean, I can't really think of anything to disagree with it. Mm. Because it was so powerful. The whole thing works so well. It leaves the things ambiguous that need to be left ambiguous. It's just really good television. Mm-hmm. It's like enthralling. I'm glad they didn't stretch the number of episodes because it does actually all tie up mm. very nicely. I thought it was great. I mean, the final episode is not my favorite episode. Uh-huh. It's probably not in top three. Wow, okay. Because I think the Hooded Justice episode, yeah. Looking Glass episode, and the flashback yeah, episode. Agreed with Manhattan were all superior, but it did a really good job of rounding it all off. Mm-hmm. And I think as a show, to have three amazing episodes like that, and more, I mean, they were all great, is just incredible, really. And I mean, not just three episodes, Lindelof is now on his third game-changing TV show, <laughs> <laughs> after Lost and the Leftovers, and now just casually Watchmen. I'm endlessly amazed at how he's pulled this off. I think... No second in this season was wasted. I can't wait to watch it back just to, you know, know, even right down to Lady True's incentives, which I was right first. Originally, I was like, I don't trust her. And then I was like, oh, now I trust her. And I love that this this final episode alone just kind of subverts everything you think you know from the get-go immediately in relation to her character to establish her as, well, the, the worthy adversary. Yep. And the, the 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 big bad villain as well as well as the seventh cavalry. Well, so, yeah, it's weird because they suddenly turn it so there isn't really a good guy or bad guy. Mm. There's only bad people. Well, not only because you got Angela. Really, the whole show has just been about making us realise that Angela is queen of everything, mm. and she deserves to be Doc's Manhattan. And she will save the world. Mm. That is basically what this show does. It's a, and also, like, the whole time Angela, like, knew far more than any of us thought she knew. She knew more than any of the characters who should have known more than she did. She knew more than Dr. Manhattan <laughs> because <laughs> of his, of of the, the, the memory erasure. And she, at the end of it, is, she's the only good thing, kind of, in it, like, as in, intention-wise. Because even Dr. Manhattan has had a, you know, a horrific past, done questionable things. Will Reeves gives Dr. Manhattan up and as he says at the end, what's the line? He says, I'm sad he's gone, but you know. He could have done more. could have done more. With the power that he had, he could have done more. So that suggests to me that with the power that Angela is, I'm going to say is going to have transferred to her because I'm, I think there's no mystery there really. No. Damon said in an interview that he compared this to the leftovers ending. Mm. 
because when Nora speaks in the leftovers, I don't want to give it away. But there's a there's a sense of ambiguity there, isn't it? Are are they telling the truth? Are they not? And if you've seen it, you'll know who I'm talking about. Mm. But in this, it very much is. Oh yeah, she's she's got the power. And Damon said in this interview, it's not as ambiguous as leftovers at all. Mm-hmm. It's made to be read a certain way, and I think it's obvious that she's she's going to walk on that water. Did you see the thing about um, where he said there's clearly two answers? Sure, but I think if you watch back every episode this series, we um, I think he said this to the Hollywood Reporter. Our intention is quite clear. Yeah, exactly. And if you see the poster from the show, that we released she's tinted weeks blue. Ago, I think you know what we what we've been hinting at all along. Ah, I mean, amazing. The he's clue a genius. Was right there, in right the there. Fucking poster the whole time. Crazy. No one got it's like, oh, she's blue. Maybe she's no one that I saw. <laughs> Mad. So let's dive into the episode, which is titled uh, See How They Fly. Then go after the song at the end. Yeah, so uh, uh, we got I'm the Walrus at the end, don't we? Yes. Yeah, the Eggman. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. There's actually, I want to recommend, there's an article out there. I can't remember who did it, but Damon broke down all the lyrics in I'm the Walrus and how they linked certain moments from the episode. Um, And it's really interesting if you're... Well, A, a fan of the show, B, a fan of Lindelof, but C, a fan of the Beatles. Which you are all of. Which I am all of. It's like all that article of with is, bells on. That article was written for you. No, I got jealous I didn't write it. <laughs> all these Damon like Brett deep dives on the finale have been amazing to read, though. So if anyone has written one and listened to this, good work all round. It's been, <laughs> it's been really, really, really fun. I know a few of these people love Lost as well, so I'm just really, pr- just, yeah, we're all a family, aren't we? The Lost Fandom has got on board this show for sure. Absolutely. So a few things. Actually, let's get to that at the end. Let's just let's just go through the big beats of the episode. Yes. True is Ozzy's daughter. Big. Huge. Didn't see it coming. No. I thought that her father's the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> that she had locked up. No. Um, chained to Angela. I yeah. So when she said oh, my father's going to be here and he's going to see how my plan unfold. We, firstly, we didn't realise what her plan was going to be so destructive. Secondly, well, we did, but we thought it was for force for good against 7K, which it was, but it, it was also something else. Sorry, I'm getting really carried away. Secondly, her father was in the gold statue. <laughs> yeah. Who was literally Ozymandias. He was there. He was there the whole time. Which is kind of nuts because we saw him a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. And who knew he was in there? <laughs> it was, it was, it, we saw it a few times, didn't we? Mm. And, and I always thought, That's he weird. looks very shocked. That, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and we learn in flashback that uh, True did indeed save him, right? Do you want to talk about the, sa- the saving? Uh, when she goes to Europa, she sends a thing because he had written, as we saw a few episodes, save me, mm. but we didn't see daughter. And, it, and, and he said he was never going to call her daughter when he first learned of uh, the fact that she existed. He said, I will never call you daughter. So when she saw that he'd written out in bodies the word daughter, she thought, well, he must be serious. Yeah. I mean, she was taking the photo because she wanted to spot Dr. Manhattan. Mm. And he knew the probe was going to be there at that time. Kind of insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, that whole thing is just, yeah, it is crazy, but I love it at the same time. I think it's so funny. And linking those two characters. We always knew they were linked somehow, mm-hmm. didn't we? We did. Not only because she owned 
some of his like intellectual property and stuff, but there was just something very much about the two of them. Absolutely. And so doing it in that way, I mean, I had no idea that they were going to be <laughs> father daughter. I mean, who would have thought it? I have no idea. And then, but it works. I know. It works, and you know, it's like it works the same way Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker work. It's, yeah. It, it's very believable. It certainly it? does work. And I like when, when Vate comes face to face with, with True's mum, who is <laughs> cloned as her d- daughter. It's just <laughs> yeah. very, the whole thing is just so bizarre. And he, and he knows straight away, doesn't he? He's like, you cloned your mother? <laughs> she's just like, he's like, I told you he, she, he was going to say gonna strange say things. <laughs> so ridiculous. I love that so much. I love it, you know, even the, you know, him being carbonated, basically, mm. like Han Solo. It's, uh, it's great. It's so funny. That scene on Europa where we, we find out who the gamekeeper is yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we you we were right mm-hmm. that it was another uh, uh Phillips, no. Mr. Phillips. It was another Mr. Phillips. We and, knew. And he he created him to try and, and be an adversary. An adversary to, you know, fight him for the past eight years. By the way, there's a few lost number watches in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we should just contextualise that we do a Lost podcast. We do do a Lost podcast. It's a rewatch podcast called The Lost Boys. Well, I'm not rewatching it. I am rewatching it, and Jack is watching it for the very first time. And it's very much our bread and butter in the fact that we don't get paid for it, but we just not, we usually do just one podcast, and it's that <laughs> yeah. we've been doing this one as well, uh, much to the the ire of a few Lost Lost Boys listeners. And he mentions about the past eight years because he's been on Europa for eight years. Yes. So eight is a number. There's also... I mean, that's because he, a year passes between each episode between and there each have been eight episodes so far. Yeah. This it's almost, it's quite emotional kind of seeing him leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having, I feel like we've been on this experience with him, you know. Yeah, he's almost got Stockholm Syndrome there in a way. I think he, I'm glad he got over it and kind of, it's just, it did become his hell. The utopia turning to hell. Yeah. Almost his just desserts for everything mm. and then I mean he does get his comeuppance at the end but we'll get on to that we'll get on to that go on hit me with a number uh, watch so True the sample that uh, True's mum inseminates that's containing Vate's semen that <laughs> her mum inseminates herself with is sample 2346 so that's 223 and the number 4 in there which are two lost numbers uh, and at the end, they ask Looking Glass to, there's a temperature thing, and he tells him to lower the gauge from 48 degrees, which is four and eight, are two lost numbers. <laughs> Great. And there's also a, mon- a, 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 a fee rec- uh, mentioned, and it's $42 billion, uh, which is a number as well. There's a lot in there, and I would love to ask Damon if he put them in intentionally, and I would, my guess would be that he did, because he co-wrote the episode of Nick Cuse, who is the son of Khan Cuse, who co-show ran Lost with Damon you just love Lost I do love Lost moving on swiftly (laughs) (laughs) I love when True kind of disregards what's happened to Vate all his time saying I'm sure there's a very interesting story there about when she says were those bodies you spilled out (laughs) it's like there is actually a really funny story about all of this Uh, watch the show then you'll know yeah exactly True (laughs) come on so yeah it becomes clear that uh End days are upon them again. And then we see Vague kind of waltzing around Tulsa. <laughs> yeah, meets the comic book man, doesn't he? He does. They have a good chat because Vate asks, where do you think... Not, wait, he doesn't say I've been, but where do you think Adrian Vade's been? 
And he gets quite a funny response, doesn't he? I hear he walked out into the jungle and got killed, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> no. I've heard Adrian's furious at that. Yeah. He wants his legacy, because obviously no one knows that he saved the world still. Mm. Well, saved the world, you know what I mean? In his own crazy way. In his own way. Yeah. To I guess to the world, he's almost like Bill Gatesy type figure. Mm. I mean, he obviously was Ozymandias for a bit and part of the that superhero group, but, mm. every, you know, it's well, like if, if Bill Gates just went, disappeared suddenly, people would be like, oh, that's really weird. <laughs> and then t- eight years down the line or 10, you know, however long he's been missing for, people would just be like, oh yeah, I hear he just like died or something. And like, there would be no interesting story there. Everyone Absolutely. Would just be like, Whatever. If he showed up again, he'd be like, oh, right, random. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bill Gates still. Oh, I like okay. that Ozzy Mandis is walking around in his in his costume as well. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he puts a true uh, t shirt on. He's wearing like he's looking like he's working for True. He's just it's just very funny. It's, it almost reminds me of like Thor, fish out of water when he comes to Earth. <laughs> it's like Ozzy has kind of been in space, well for quite some time or yeah. on another planet, and then all of a sudden he's plonked into Tulsa, an area we've watched for the past nine weeks and this is quite funny yeah I, I wonder if he's wondering why the hell they're in Tulsa yeah well it soon becomes apparent I guess when uh, we catch up with Laurie who's imprisoned in the Cyclops base where she where she can comes. I, before you continue yeah I've just ha- had a real quick thought oh, just yeah. to discuss quickly just yeah so, I, I was just thinking mm. what is the meteorite from episode you know the thing that falls down from the sky Lady True she puts down the egg timer because she knows precisely when it's going to be there okay so Reddit tells us that was Vate coming back to Earth as the gold statue as the gold statue which confirms that timeline as being you know the prime which we knew but still yeah yeah pretty cool huh so that's all the big times that's a good question yeah, I we we were get, we were going to skip over that, weren't we? We were going to skim over it, but it all clicks into place. I mean, another question, Lube Man, but we'll get on to that. We'll get on to Lube Man. So, uh, <laughs> Senator Keane Senior is a crazy old racist too. Oh yeah, massive racist. Seeing the old man, don't we? We see him. He's there. Laurie's like, oh god, of course, of course he's here. And all the racists assemble, and then Keane Junior gives his big speech. And his big speech is going on about how, you know, basically all everything we knew about why, about how they've taken their guns, about how they're trying to blame them for sins of the past, yada, yada, yada. The reparations, it's their fault. The red fedations, just furious. And now he just wants to become a god. And he's walking around in his big old Y fronts, <laughs> ready to be turned into Dr. Manhattan. I would like to say great performance by uh, the dude who's from Mad Men, James Walk. By James Walk. Yeah. Also, just a really funny speech because it's so just infuriating and dumb what mm. he's saying mm. that it is like, I just can't wait. You just can't wait for him to get his comeuppance. <laughs> it's true. And you know it's coming, but you're just not sure how. Yeah, exactly. He, You're right. Very good casting of that guy. Yeah. He's very good at the kind of wide-eyed coming across as... Because he comes across as dumb. I think he's playing it that way, even though he's trying to be really angry. Mm. It's done quite well. 
And obviously you've got like Joe Crawford's wife there and stuff. Oh, she's awful, isn't she? <laughs> she is so awful. I knew she was bad from the start. I had a feeling about her. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, Angela shows up. A few things about all of this. Well, okay. two people show up, eh? Well, firstly, looking, oh boy, LG. He gets a little bit shortchanged in this finale. Yeah, he's not, he's not a key role. A little bit shortchanged. Well, if there's a second season, I would like him to be at the centre of it. Yeah, he gets, because he, he is sidelined a bit, because a lot of shit's happened without him. Mm. He is good for one thing, though, and that is letting Vate know when the last squid fall was. Yes, he's good for that. It's very good seeing him come face to face with Vate, especially having learnt, you know, having been there in New York with the, with the initial yeah. squid fall, having that moment of seeing the video where it's all revealed it was orchestrated and having his whole life just change in front of his eyes, then he gets to kind of... Smack him around the head yeah, with a spanner. absolutely. And kind of, that seals his fate. He's going to get arrested by Laurie then. We're, we're jumping forward, but he does have a good little arc within the finale. Yeah, I would have liked it more, obviously. Absolutely. And I would have liked more of a confrontation, you know, that kind of like, you ruined my life type thing. Yeah. Because... Adrian deserves it and he needs to know what happened to everyone's lives. He ruined and killed. Mm. But we don't get that. We don't get that. The other thing we don't seem to get is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lube Man? Lube Man, but we will come on to that. <laughs> um, is Angela and Laurie, or Laurie kind of reacting to the fact that Angela is married to yeah. John Osterman? Yeah. Which we were anticipating some form of Big you know, scene. Well, because of the coffee sneak up scene back in episode three, is it? Mm, yeah. That was like a huge thing. And obviously, Laurie's been brought back to Tulsa primarily just to see John die in front of her eyes. That's why Senator Keane brought her there. Yeah. And we get the amazing moment where he's like zapped in front of her and she's like, Whoa, oh my God. But we don't get any reaction when she learns that Angela was married, is married to him. Yeah, that does seem like a missed opportunity, especially because we know how much Laurie misses him. Mm. You know, the blue dildo, things like that. <laughs> blue dildo. I was going to say the, the, the joke in the in the Manhattan pod, but yeah, blue dildo, sure. Well, the joke ties into this. Yeah. The little girl walks into the bar. Mm. Angela's a bar. Angela's a bar. Jesus, she's a bar. And she kills God. Angela a bar. She becomes God. She does become God. I mean, Vate ends up... The brick which they kind of left. That's a really good point. That We need to rewatch that joke. Need to rewatch that joke. God, the rewatchability factor of this show is on another level. It is Christmas, guys. We could just rewatch it all. Yeah, we could just binge. But yeah, sorry. Continue. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that, it's all good. I was just missing that one little shot of Angela and Laurie locking eyes. But then again... It's fine. There wasn't too much time for it because that scene did what race was, ahead. Didn't it, it raced ahead, and then suddenly Laurie's boop, she's out there. She is, but but ahead of that, he uh, Santa Keen says to her, "I will put you down to Angela." We do this. It's funny that he he's actually not interested in, in killing Angela. They could have just killed her right there and then, couldn't they? Yeah, but I think he wants to do it as. Dr. Dr. Manhattan. I think that's what he was waiting for because obviously he wants to obliterate all people of colour. Yeah. It seems. But Angela is so sh is now sure that there is a conspiracy going on. True wants him to do this and True is going to fuck his plans up. And lo and behold, that does happen. She was right, as ever. 
as our old Ange always is. And when he goes into that contraption, he gets liquidated. Yeah, it's gross. He gets liquidated, which is amazing. And he goes everywhere. He goes everywhere, which helps Dr. Manhattan uh, hatch a little escape plan for Looking Glass, Ozymandias, and... Laurie. Laurie. But not Angela, because... He doesn't want to die alone. Oh, man. Should we talk about that scene before we go on to the escape plan? Yeah, okay. Emotional as hell. I, this one, I was pretty, I was nearly in tears through this. Yeah. It's really huge and it's really emotional. Regina King, just outrageously good in this scene. She's just been insane the whole way through. She's been so good in this, but this scene in particular is like peak Mm. acting prowess for her Mm -hmm. and Yaya. Both amazing. It's when she falls back Mm. and you see all the emotions in her face Mm -hmm. and it's like, this is incredible. Also, nice callback to the comics because he gets locked away when he becomes Dr. Oh, in the the Gila Flats. Yeah. Yeah. And he's on his own and he Mm. doesn't want to die alone. So... uh, Big old callback. This is quite a good... Callback to that, and well, it's it just works narrative of how he how he became born and how he's and being now killed. he's being killed, and you know he is di- he is dying, and and he knows he's going to die. It's really horrible, and it does remind me, and I don't want to keep going on about it, but it does remind me of lost. the way it's shot, a bit of lost and a bit of leftovers. So, you know, with Damon does love putting like a, I don't want to say doomed relationship, but a fraught romance at the heart of his show. Yeah, it's surprising how much romance was that the centre of the show in the end mm. between Angela and Dr. Manhattan. I wasn't expecting a love story. A la 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 love story. Going into this. But then it's been it's been a love story for the ages. Mm-hmm. It's been great. It's been bloody great. And we get to see loads of racists die. Yeah. Because True rocks up, doesn't she? True rocks up and she she does kill the racist let's be, let's be honest and I, again Angela's reaction to that is amazing <laughs> she's just seeing all these things and she's like what the hell this is crazy but she's used to crazy she's married to Dr. Manhattan she is but she's still shocked that the fact that those people have just died in front of her yeah I mean that's because she's a good woman she's a real she's she's a realist as well you know yeah but then um, when, so that's the end of Cyclops pretty much Cyclops are obliterated then but then it's just true who is like the, the last standing monster yeah, she wants to take Dr. Manhattan's powers, mm-hmm. and she does. And it is a bit like, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, the uh, the Willy Wonka vibe, when she's in town, she comes to town, and everyone's yeah. like, what? <laughs> it is a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the guy makes a joke about it. They're mm. like, oh, we never see you around yeah, The here. newsstand dude, the new yeah. Man. yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it's very good. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, in Ozymandias' office, he gets a chance... <laughs> to do it again save save the world or save Tulsa with a squid strike yeah what do you think of all this I like again the circular narrative of it kind of I was expecting almost another huge squid to be like on backup to drop on top of the ship and it was quite fun seeing Ozzy and Laurie working together again yeah and they're kind of back and forth between about how he almost ended the world the first time and how he killed all those people and how he's doing it again now and how it's all been like fucked up basically. 
And how they come to the conclusion how to save the day as well. Yeah. You know, oh, there's a reason Dr. Manhattan sent us here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. And this then is, they do it. And it's this like, is when yeah. I kind of thought that season two, like, would be great to see these other characters who who know have a history of each other, but we haven't seen them interact with one another. There was a real vibrancy to this scene. Yeah, definitely. It really was. And then Looking Glass thrown in for good measure, who is like completely new creation. And this guy, this like small town cop from from Tulsa, Oklahoma, just thrust in to a, 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 a world rescue plan with two former superheroes. Yeah, he does feel small fish mm. in this scene as well because he's sidelined and a bit powerless. And it is like, oh, but this is Mirror Guy. Yeah. You know, Mirror the- Dude. <laughs> Our boy Mirror looking glass. Dude. So they create some ice squids to drop down and it's going to cause mass destruction on Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like a Gatling gun. Yeah, like a Gatling gun indeed. And true, lo and behold, gets hit by one and it goes right clean through her hand, doesn't it? Yeah, well she, at this stage, she's taken Dog's Manhattan's powers. He's dead. Oh, gone. There was a bit where he had all just like normal skin for a second there. <sighs> And his powers were obviously all gone. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just going to stop there. Boom. He dead. Yeah. And it was like, oh. And he says he's experiencing all of their moments together at once. Oh, what a line. Yeah. Really emotional. Yeah. Which means that he loves her all the time. He oh. loved her from the sec- first second he met her. also makes sense more why those two are together, almost. Because there is a question of, like, why did he cho- choose... Angela and mm. I guess the explanation there was that he always was going to choose Angela because that's like how time works yeah. and therefore everything was going to happen anyway but it is if she's the most worthy person of taking over Dr. Manhattan's powers then it makes sense that he would want to be and would fall in love with her mm. because she's his equal even Mr. and Mrs. Manhattan yeah even though he's this crazy world being there's something that makes her above everyone else. She's the best of us, basically. She's the best of us, yeah. Yeah, I think that's like what the show has been trying to position her as, isn't it? Yeah. She is the best of us. Yeah. It's all about, And it's all about legacy. It's about the best of us, as in Angela, learning about where she came from in her history. Yeah. I love that my favourite scene was the final scene after she runs to Dreamland Theatre. Yes. Back where we first started. Um, with Will. And her children are sleeping on the stage in the theatre. And she just speaks to Will and she's like just devastated. She's numb, isn't she? Having yeah. lost her love. And Will, it's the first time she's seen Will since experiencing his memories and his history. And he just kind of contextualised a lot of things for her. Yeah. Really well acted scene. Yeah. It's strange because obviously this scene comes straight after the Gatling gun squids coming down. Yeah. And we see True dies. There's some real Christian imagery going on there. Mm. Perhaps a bit OTT. Well, um, with True. Yeah, with yeah. True. I'm not the biggest fan of that, especially with the very prominent crucifix in the background. Mm. So she dies. There's big explosion. Her, her contraption that she's create, created to turn her into Dr. Manhattan falls on her. Falls on her. Which... By the way, I wasn't... You know the thing that goes through her hand yeah. and then suddenly red's just out in the open and it kind of like bounces off him. Yeah. It was a bit like... Mm. I, thought, I thought we need to see red in Pirate Jenny maybe die. 
I thought we, I thought everyone was going to die yeah. there, and not many people seem to. Mm. I thought it was going to be way more destructive. But I mean, True's mum daughter lives as well. Yeah, she lives. lives. I feel like that's like potential season two set mm-hmm. up. That they definitely stuff. they definitely positioned Bian as a a character to maybe look at, yeah. to think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that possibility. It is sowing seeds because otherwise, I think that scene should have maybe just gone full tilt. Yeah, and been destructive and just have Angela okay and maybe even in the Dreamland theatre when she gets in there and everyone's talking about like oh everyone in that radius is going to die mm. and then they're okay because they're just like chilling inside <laughs> yeah I, and like if it hit, went through the big contraption that True created <laughs> would it not go through the roof of the Dreamland theatre yeah like they could have just been like oh we'll run inside here or something or like mm. into a bunker or something or maybe just get them into the kids and Will and herself into her bunker like the back cave the back cave yeah 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 you know they that... do go there eventually but after it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like i would have pref- i think that would have made more sense but that's nitpicking yeah because it does lead to this you're right amazing scene but it does where well, i was trying to go is that it feels really really low key compared to what's happened absolutely it feels like there's suddenly there's just been all this like huge stuff all this massive tension and then suddenly we're back in the dreamland theater and it's quiet yeah Really quiet. Mm. It it's good. It's good. It's like unnerving almost mm-hmm. as I well. Agree. Yeah, I felt the same because all of a sudden she's like she was just running and now she's almost she just kind of like goes in, and just plunks herself down and just just in shock of what just happened. But that is, I guess, life where something big happens and you don't know how to react. Yeah, I mean, she's coming face to face with Will for the first time. It's very much something that's been built up for since the beginning of the season this chat this conversation yeah um, doesn't disappoint scripted beautifully mm. she doesn't hate her grandfather she doesn't hate him she exp- she acknowledges all the hurt and the tough times that he's gone through and she knows deep down that Dr. Manhattan you know wasn't the best of us like she is and she listens to him doesn't she yeah I, I think she understands, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. As Will points out, he's like, well, you know what I've been through then. Mm. And it's hard to overstate that, plus how she's feeling from Cal mm-hmm. dying. You know, there's such a mix of emotions. Again, Regina King does an incredible job here. And Louis does a good, an amazing one too. Yeah, he's great. You know, it is an incredible well-acted scene between mm-hmm. them and it feels like there's so much unsaid mm. that is being said as well and I think it all comes through at the end when she invites him to stay over she for a while stay for a few days yeah which is which is lovely and sweet but it shows that she she gets what he did that mm-hmm. she's on on a page with him she still doesn't think it's been all right but she kind of she gets it and it it's funny because all of a sudden you realize that will kind of knew this was going to happen to lady yeah. true as well yeah 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 because he goes like she didn't make it did she <laughs> and it is like he he knows yeah it's cuz manhattan dr manhattan must have filled him in like you say we didn't see all of that conversation no it must have been a lot more said that you know he was privy to a lot more information than angela was and that we were you know we say angela knew i said i said angela knew more than anyone. No, Will knew just as much, if not a little bit more, than Angela because well, of that chat. 
he pieced a lot together as well, mm. Will. But he, he couldn't have known that she was going to die because Doctor Manhattan dies before that. Dies before. But saying that, I'm, we'll get to this. There's a conversation to be had about the final scene that I'm a bit unsure on a few things. Okay. Yeah. Should go into it. Yeah. Well, first, firstly, there's been a, a little not of criticism or a backlash, but I've seen a few people go. Well, the the quote that Will says to Angela. You can't heal under a mask. Wounds need air, which is a beautiful line. And then the next scene shows her eating the egg that supposedly has Doctor Manhattan's powers in it, and becoming, uh, you know, a god herself. Well, like I, they don't get the why they would have that line just for her to then become a superhero. But my argument to that would be: well, she's not wearing a mask, is she? Yeah. Doctor Manhattan never wore a mask, apart from when he first met her. That was to obscure his actual appearance. Yeah. She's going to be walking around as a... as a. I mean, what is she going to be walking around like? Just Blue Angela. She's just going to be Blue Angela walking around. Yeah, she's not... I didn't really link those two things together. Mm. Because I understand that... For the, me, it's like she's acknowledging you can't heal under a mask. So she's not yeah. going to wear one. Sister Knight has been put to bed. Yeah, that's why she leaves the costume behind. Yeah. But I don't. I think this is something different. This is almost like you're right. We need to. Something needs to be done for this world, mm. because he says the line. Oh, you know, he could have done more. And she's like, well, maybe I can do more mm. for my children and for the next generation and stuff. Mm-hmm. She kind of. I thought that was basically her acknowledging that and understanding that. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, type of thing. Yeah, that maybe she. It's kind of all about choosing the right person to have that power. It's almost like it's very political in some ways because it's like who should have the power of a god, like a, you know, even like a president and stuff. Mm. And so it's saying that, well, maybe now's the right time for like a black woman who's been through so much pain and understands the pain that a generations have gone through. Absolutely. Is that a right Fantastic person? point you make. Because if... It was known that the powers could be transferred. There would be just the biggest debate on who who would be the one to become the god. And and yeah. I think it is very yeah prescient and just in line with the show's message that at the end of it, it is a black woman mm. who who takes it upon herself to to be the one, the right one, the best of us, like you say. Yeah, I think it's it's a beautiful, beautiful footnote to the series. Mm. So the thing I'm confused about Go on. is how do you know Angela was going to eat the egg? He didn't. All right. So when he says you're going to, when he's walking in the water, he says you're going to need to remember this for later or something. Yeah. He doesn't know that she's going to eat the egg. No, he doesn't know she, he, she's going to eat the egg. But I guess that line is just to remind her, isn't it? That mm. That's where it, because I imagine he, he knows he's left the egg there. He knows how it will work mm. how she'll eat it and then suddenly you know she'll think about him saying that line mm. so he's almost just planning ahead of his demise mm-hmm. I guess I mean you could make an argument that his powers Doctor uh, Lady True is still taking his powers and they could still be somewhere mm-hmm. like his presence could still be out there because he's somehow given his powers into an egg but still has his powers mm. maybe he didn't have the full extent of his powers yeah, maybe. Mm. I mean, he knows he's going to end up in that cage. Yeah. 
and he knows yeah where what's kind of going to happen up until a really late point yeah. so i don't think he's making it too many leaps mm. it's kind of just he's he's hopeful that that's what will happen i'm glad it, it wasn't a thing of we see the egg and she doesn't and you're left to wonder if she'll ever eat the egg i love that we see her eat the egg and then yeah. she, and then and then goes to put her foot on the i think that would have been too much of a that would have been annoying cop out as well mm. although could have been in line with the end of Watchmen which ends with the it's the journal. hand in the journal is it yeah and you're unsure if it's going to be published or not even in the, this universe like you know it's been published but people still seem not to know that Ozzy did all these terrible things mm. so you don't know how this is going to end up yeah it feels more hopeful I definitely guess. it also feels very close like it feels very final yeah. For Angela. Yeah. And her story. Yeah. I think it's in keeping with the comic, having that more open-ended thing at the end as well. I wouldn't want to see a sequel season to this particularly, straight away. No, I wouldn't. And and Damon has spoken, a few, uh, you know, at length about what his plans are now. And I think the consensus is he can see it being an anthology-style show, in a similar vein to The Wire, how some, you know, that's not anthology, but how it shifts the focus to completely different locations and different characters. But he's not sure if he's the one to tell the story. Yeah, it would be hard to do it because you would need to include, like how this show still includes, included Dr. Manhattan and Laurie. Mm. If, it, if another one came about, it would have to include... Angela, because she's Doctor Manhattan. There's no way that's going to stay. You can get away, avo- avoid that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think we see the return of Archie. Archie yeah, we do. The 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 original Night Owl ship. Yeah, I'm trying to think how an anthology would work, but that would ha- it would have to be set like uh, th- they just need to wait another like tw- thirty years, basically. It, it would be very risky. <laughs> yeah. It's a mess with something that has been gone down so 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 well. Yeah. Um, I don't think they need to. I don't think they will, to be honest. Mm. I think whatever Damon Lindelof does next, though, all eyes will be on it. All eyes. We need to see The Hunt, the film that was banned after the the horrible shootings in America. Yeah. Universal pulled it from release. It was written by Damon Lindelof and, and Nick Cuse, who wrote this episode, so I'm sure that would have been great. Damon said in a recent interview that the show started from the idea of Dr. Manhattan kind of knowing he was going to die and wanting to give his power to the woman he loves. That's interesting. Isn't that just mad? Mm. Isn't that just mad? And that's how we got this. Yeah. Wow. And obviously then the whole the theme came into play when he read that article and, and it spoiled from there, but isn't that just beautiful? Yeah. Another thing I read that I found really interesting was that Adrian Veidt, um, who clearly in, in, in the graphic novels and, and in the graphic novel and the film is in no way a funny character. It's hilarious in this series. And that's because of how Jeremy Irons played it. They said they had no idea it was going to be so funny until he came in and started reading. And they were like, this is actually really funny. Yeah. Because um, Jeremy Irons as well is not an actor you really associate with comedy roles. No. So it's just quite funny how the material completely shape shifted in, the, in front of them when they when they cast him. What about the farting scene? Yeah, I, I read something where Damon was like, that's objectively like, like subjectively, sorry, 
awful, an awful scene, but it just worked. <laughs> <laughs> it just like that's what it became. Yeah, yeah. There was a quote from him, wasn't it? That was like, if uh, someone had told me that Ozymandias yeah. is going to end up in a courtroom <laughs> and he's going to do an entire defence and the defence is just going to be him farting, he would have been like, this sounds awful. Who who the hell have we given the keys to Watchmen? To? Yeah, but it does work. It's funny. It's a funny scene. Yeah, yeah. and Ozzy is funny. But he plays it straight as well because he's like maniacal in a way that's like comical. Mm-hmm. He's got a few funny lines here. Yeah, where he says, "Which says I'm, I'm dead, aren't I?" And he's like, "Well, the night's young." <laughs> and then he says that uh, when they see Archie, he says, "It's been a hoot." <laughs> <laughs> you know, just ridiculous lines. Yeah, he's um, been so good in this series. Mm. Just and the thing is, he's kind of coming more and more and more, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. And played like a really huge role. Bigger than Laurie. Kind of bigger than Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. He's had more scenes at least. Yeah. It's weird. It will be weird watching back because it's like Cal and then Doctor Manhattan after that. Yeah. It's been so many different versions of him that actually he is like such a huge part. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way because it feels like, oh, there was Cal and then there was Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, because we were withheld from that information. Yeah, I think it will seem very different on a rewatch. I think I might rewatch over Christmas. Mm, I'm glad they released it weekly. Yeah, oh, definitely. It wouldn't, you know, getting to savor over it, pour over it as well for our podcasting purposes. But just for for people out there who might not be listening or or, or who who don't follow up on the theories and stuff, I think it's good for them to be able to pour over all the reveals, all the little nods and whatnot. It felt very old school. It's been great. Yeah, it did. And it's felt very singular, even though it's so did become so integrally linked to the comics. It mm. still feels very separate in its own way. Yeah. And I think towards the end, it somehow became more linked to the comics, but also somehow started feeling more separate mm-hmm. as well. Does Is that it, make sense? Yeah, I completely see what you mean. Because it was it's been it's its own beast completely in terms of tone and theme, I guess, in a way. What and when I mean by that is I mean the themes of white supremacy, right? Yeah. Cis and racism. So that when you are watching the culmination of all these events that are directly linked to huge moments and characters from the Watchmen comics, I think we've been convinced enough by knowing the DNA of Lindelof's remixed version that it does feel like it's uh, its own thing and mm. it's in no way like if it was not good and the reaction was poor and negative it wouldn't have reflected badly on the graphic novels at all no but it worked the other way in that it's amazing in its own right in and that, it, it, it's like you don't like it's not linked to the graphic novels it is but it's also not do you see what I mean? Yeah, because it, for me, it heightens certain things in the graphic novels, like hooded justice and knowing, because Doctor Manhattan's always been such a great character, and it's always been such a mind fuck trying to understand his chapters as well, and so now having that on TV and being able to see it and it being so like him and how you imagine it, and then knowing like. N- back then also kind of how it is as well. I mean, even the stuff with Laurie, you know, he never really cared that much. He cared like a bit, but then it kind of lost its way. 
And you kind of understand now that actually he was just waiting for Angela. Yeah. You know, because he knew during the comics, at least, that, or maybe th- maybe that's a bit of a stretch and a retcon, but he would have known if we if this had been thought of then. Sure. That that would have been like what he was thinking, right? You know, and Damon's probably thinking, yeah, that's maybe a, a, a bit of a retcon too far or whatever. But who's to say that, you know, fans can't imagine that that was what was going on? Yeah, and it works. It works. It, it just works. works. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anything he's done doesn't, it doesn't go like, oh, we, we're ignoring this little thing. Yeah. Or this thing is like, yeah, he just loves the source material. Yeah. You know, he obviously has such adoration for what came before. Even stuff, you know, like the Aussie stuff, um, all the references to all the gods and things like that. Yeah. It is just really good. I mean, again, I think we brought it up before, but the the Rorschach stuff, that feels so integral to the comics and just kind of like leaving that behind. Yeah, just, you know, and in the trailer, like we said, everyone assumed that was going to be a big part of it. It really hasn't been. Yeah. Mm. I, you know... It just, it really hasn't somehow. He's been so uninfluential almost on the series, apart from the cult who took his re- mask. Re- yeah, reappropriated his mask. Yeah, but that's name. that's kind of within Alan Moore's philosophy of who Rorschach was as well, because Rorschach was never a nice person, mm. and he was never a hero, really. He did very questionable things and had questionable views, so it's quite funny that they've gone like, oh, well, the Rorschach fandom's a bit like this. Yeah. And then the Rorschach fandom have been like, no, it's not. Blah, blah. You know, some real flack towards Watchmen. Yeah. From people who gave up after the first episode, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there are those people. I mean, we've had tweets on our Watchmen boys being like, oh, guys, can you just like stop with this trifle and get on back on with Lost? Yeah. And it is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you should be watching this show. This is, yeah. I imagine, I mean, I didn't watch it at the time, but this must be as exciting as watching Lost back in the day. Yeah, I think I had the benefit of being a bit younger when Lost was on, so I was uh, just, like, wide-eyed and new to the whole TV thing. But, yeah, like, I've been really looking forward to an episode as much, and, and they've been, like, quality has been all there. This yeah. is more mature than Lost, though. Yeah, it is more mature than Lost. I am more mature than I was when I watched Lost. Yeah. Believe it or not. But I don't think... <laughs> questionable. <laughs> but I don't think you would have enjoyed this show as a 16-year-old as much, probably. I don't know. I think Damon Lindelof's storytelling style is universal. Yeah. Do I mean... Think. I just... Yeah. But there are people out there who don't like his style. And I just... I am not one of those. <laughs> no. And I struggle to comprehend someone who would watch Watchmen and think... It wasn't near perfect. I don't... I mean, everyone I know who's watched it absolutely adores it. Mm. Even people have... Maybe... I think people question Damon because of Lost and because of some of the movies he's written. Because he hasn't written many good movies. I think in the Lost thing uh, is unfair because he was tied... His hands were tied to a network. Damon Lindelof has proved now, twice, essentially twice that he is someone who does like to let things breathe. He is someone who has an idea of how he wants things to go. And the fact is that his hands were tied with uh, by the network for Lost and everyone criticised it for or him and Carlton Keyes for not knowing where they were going and whatnot. Um, but I think they had to improvise certain elements. But I think Watchmen and Leftovers before it is proof that Damon Lindelof is a man who knows where things are going. 
Well, even him just saying that he wanted to start with, his starting idea was Doc's Manhattan giving his powers to his loved one. Mm. You know, that's how the series ends. Yeah. You know, he's literally kind of worked his way backwards, mm. fitted in all these ideas he's had. You know, the stuff about, I mean, he has said a couple of times, oh, this is the idea that I started with. Oh, this is the idea that I started with. So it is questionable, like, maybe, I don't really know. You know, he's, he was talking about the case for reparations, that article, as the place where he started, which is obviously a huge part of it. Yeah, but that's only a springing off point. I think that's like, we've got our theme that's going to drive our protagonist, but what's where are we going to get to with that? Yeah. And that's when Dr. Manhattan stuff probably came into it. Yeah, I think, I mean, more at the beginning and more, especially the Hooded Justice stuff, that was so powerful mm. in a different way, I think. You could argue that with the Dogs Manhattan stuff later on, it kind of became more almost pulpy love story. I know there was still the, the Rorschach element of it, but it was more superhero-y type thing yeah, yeah, going yeah. on. And... It was. It turned into a love story at the yeah, end, yeah. but for a couple of episodes before then, it was almost. It was a completely different thing. It was talking about racism and almost like like it did make the case for reparations in a way. You could argue that's a whole thing, but I mean, for me personally, it did make me think differently about stuff. It just made me. It brought up like that article, and it brought up just how like events that I'd never thought of, like Black Wall Street. I had no idea about that. Yeah, same. And there was a recent th- article in CNN saying that they discovered a mass grave in Tulsa only last week. Wow, really? Yeah, like like with the final. And so, like that kind of thing. And loads of people were just like in denial. There were quotes in the article like people didn't want to talk about it and stuff. And this show's really brought it up front and you realize just like how mistreated black people in america and i guess it made me think about in the uk as well it kind of, it's just made me think about those things mm-hmm. and i think that's been that's the really important thing about this show is it has well i guess the last few episodes have been less kind of making me think about that just because yeah. it's been so docs manhattan heavy and i think after it convinces you that racism's bad not that you needed convincing yeah but you know what i mean like it shows you all these things that have happened to will after that i think it knows that you're on its side yeah and so it can enjoy the other stuff and you it doesn't need to say anything more about keen so much it doesn't need to be like oh he's a bad guy you're just like oh i fucking hate him like you just inherently think that from that scene yeah so perhaps that's why like on occasion, some of his lines were a bit clunky. Like when he's like, oh, I've tried being a white man. Now I want to be a blue man. Yeah. It's a bit too on the nose, perhaps, because we we are already convinced. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. But as I say, those few episodes, it did make me think about things in my own life and surrounding. I don't know about, like, I look at where we both work mm. and the number of, people of color in our offices is very minimal yeah you know it's not the same percentage of if it you know in the uk i'm not sure what the percentage of people of color is compared to caucasians but our offices definitely aren't representative of that absolutely not 
And so you never has been in any office I've worked. No, it never has been. And I think, you know, I made me look at my own privilege and how I got here and how a lot of people don't have that. Like you like Angela never had that in this show. Will certainly never had that. Mm. You know, looking at two orphans who were orphaned because of racism and the struggles they had. And that has never been a thing we've ever had to go through or will ever probably have to ever go through. Never go through. So it makes you realise like actually like people in those backgrounds and it's not it's not their fault they're they're there and that you know maybe they need like th- those are the people who should be up top because they understand struggles and that's kind of the point of the show isn't it yeah, that, like that's where the show yeah this this bringing off point yeah. yeah was that's that's where An- Angela ends up as well as she's as we said the best of but us the arc of Angela as well just um kind of as a woman yeah and as well as a black woman is unlike any arc a woman has had on TV for quite some time. Being the yeah. one who is the the dominant one trying to save her man. Yeah. You know, like, these are all things that we should... It shouldn't be a thing that we have to really bring up on TV. But as a black woman, Angela's arc has been astonishing. And I think it will, it will be held up as an example of of it being done in a super progressive way for probably, I don't want to say the first time, but the first time on this level. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we look at other superhero shows. There's a really good quote from Alan Moore where he was talking about how our fanaticism about these superheroes at the moment, the Marvel and DC kind of, you know, the big dogs, Mm. really is about, you know, white, Ubermensch, mm. these men who are like super white guys, like super built, all this stuff. And they, it's like, I mean, we've spoken about it multiple times. Like Dave has kind of taken quotes from Alan Moore and just almost like turned them, like channeled that into this thing to kind of be like, you know, like f- fuck all these other superhero shows. And that's exactly what this does because yeah. there isn't, there hasn't been another major woman of color who's led a TV show. Mm-hmm. Or a movie mm. in a superhero capacity. Mm. You know. I mean, you have Black Panther, but the the thing of Black Panther is it 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 was it that was its very being, wasn't it? Yeah. In that ev- it was the first production of that size to be led by black people. But where's the film where it it's a mixed cast, but the, there is a black woman at the front of it? Yeah, leading the charge. I mean, Black Panther has been so celebrated for its diversity and stuff, and bringing that. But that's like such a rare yeah. thing. Still. It was celebrated because it just never happens. Yeah, it never. And happened. now we need it to not to be a thing where it's not held up as the sole thing. Yeah, because it needs to happen more. And crucially, Damon surrounds himself by a diverse team yeah. of writers, directors, producers, which, you know. Without that, it wouldn't have been what it was. This isn't, I'm not, we don't want to say this was just like the Damon Lindelof show where he is the reason it succeeded. He succeeded because he, he knew he had the, the good sense to surround himself by the right people. I think some people will question, should a white man have told this story? Mm. And I mean, you could argue why would two white guys do the podcast Absolutely. on this? And 
I would say that we had no idea what this show was going to be We didn't know this was going to be the theme of the show. And if so, we did, we would have probably thought that the world didn't need two white men to keep going on about it week yeah. after week. Yeah, but, but here we are. Yeah, but also we're just, we're just huge fans. Yeah, massive fans. And I think that's what, hopefully, we're just celebrating a, a piece of art. Mm. And it shouldn't matter what skin color you are, as long as you can celebrate it. Yeah, but absolutely. in a way that, hopefully, and there are lots of publications who have employed people of color to review the show. Yes. And that's what you need. You need it to be a ground that is free for everyone mm. to play on and that all people are getting the opportunities to do this kind of stuff. And so, you know, hopefully there are people of colour who are listening along to podcasts and will start podcasts and have the resources to do that. And that is the big thing. It's like you need, for us to do this podcast, we need to like own microphones and have the time to do it and all this. And so you just got to hope that those people are being given those opportunities, which again comes down to the case for reparations of like giving people the opportunity to do those things. So Damon did an astounding job, surrounded himself with amazing creative team and has given us this incredible role for Regina King, who's just owned it. One of the best roles in TV I've ever seen. So, so good. Regina, absolute. Emmy worthy. I mean, more yeah. than Emmy worthy. It's. Uh, I mean, she, I'm, if she doesn't get an award, because I'm not holding my hopes out for <laughs> the Emmys ever getting it right, but she doesn't need an award for everyone to know that this is the best performance I think, people, I think I've seen on TV. I think people know she's yeah. amazing. I think people have seen the show and gone, the whole cast has been excellent. Epic. The writing's been amazing. It's been respectful of everything that's come beforehand as well. You know, whether that's real life history or comic book history, it's just done such a good job balancing it all. But then answer who Lube Man was. Do you want to talk about Lube Man? Yeah. What happened? That slippery old figure. Where is he? So in the sense that I think he just wanted to have one little superhero left over that we didn't know the identity <laughs> of. And I love that. But I think there's going to be a little PTpedia entry. There already is. Okay. So they've taken down PTpedia. Has it gone down? Well, it's a like fake thing, like an article written on it being like, we have removed, like taken this down because PD uh, has been removed from the FBI because he's done all these things uh, and was uh, a masked superhero fanatic and potentially one himself. Aye. There you go. So PD was Lube Man. <sighs> Pretty much. There's no, it's not like Pete was Lube Man, but it is like Pete was Lube Man. Yeah, he's absolutely Lube Man. Absolutely. Doing his little superhero slew thing. Well, if I ever interview that actor, <laughs> I know what I'm going to be asking. First question. Yeah. We might Lube get a Lube Man spin-off. Well... Maybe that's why they've left it open. Yeah. That's the next Hood of Justice. <laughs> that's the anthology right there. Lube Man. Yeah. It's been thoroughly enjoyable talking about this series week in, week out. Yeah. I can't believe it's over. It feels like there needs to be more. <laughs> but I'm also happy for there not to be more uh, because it is perfect. Do you want to do a quick ranking of your favourite episodes? So my favourite episode was A, a Man Walks Into A Bar. Really? A Bar. Good choice. That was my favourite Closely followed by the sixth one. Hooded Justice episode. Joint with the Looking Glass one. Mm. I think those are, as I said earlier, my fav- yeah. three favourite episodes. I think the Hooded Justice episode might inch it, just mm. because I, l- I loved it. I th- think it's 
done so well and I love the back and forth between the real life and the memories stuff like that just yeah. that the playfulness of all that astonishing writing astonishing telly yeah so so good very audacious very audacious my next favorite would be a god walks into a bar yeah a god walks into a bar yeah that would yeah, be man. probably number two and then looking glass episode mm-hmm. and then from there it's kind of like pretty even playing field well i loved i loved the episode where where you learn cow is mr dr manhattan at the end yeah um i was on my feet for that so that gets some big points yeah for sure um I also love the Laurie episode. Another banger. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the pilot was strong. Pilot was really strong. There was the Lady True episode, episode four. Yeah, see, that was my... Le- that, no, I don't want me to say least favourite. But really? that was the one I would say is... Lower tier. Yeah, that was Lube Man episode as well. That was enough. Lube Man episode. Yeah, lower tier more Watchmen for me is episode four. I think that episode, maybe, probably episode two Yeah. as well. Because it was slightly less remarkable. It kind of continued. That was one of the few episodes that continued the same story. Yeah, it's true. To keep going. And you needed it. And I understand that it was something that was very much part of like building up to this world. And we couldn't have done the show without it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily my favourite. You know, it was it was a continuation. And the other episodes, it's hard not to like an episode that's so self-contained. Mm-hmm. And the three we've chosen are very... Extremely self-contained. That's that episode. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that episode. You know, the last episode, also great. Yeah, was, I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved the, the last 10 minutes the most, though. Yeah. Yeah. I felt we were watching something. It was being cemented as something very special. Yeah, it was almost... It was a mediation, wasn't it? Like a, a meditation... On what has come before, yeah, the whole series. It was like everything's been leading up to this moment. I mean, for, it feels almost like in The Irishman, road comparison, but at the end, the last like hour, 40 minutes, when they kind of have the old, yeah, old guys, and it's just like, what was this for? Yeah, yeah, and you suddenly, you kind of like, you're thinking about it and you're wondering what this is all about, yeah, and it's something that Goodfellas and stuff didn't do before, and that is what that those last 10 minutes are like after the big bang after all this destruction and all these plans it comes down to a grandfather and a granddaughter and her children just having like a conversation about everything that happened and actually like thinking about it and going like we need now need to just get on with life yeah you know will had his justice he got rid of cyclops in the end Took him a while. Took him a long Took while. Took him a few decades. Yeah. I mean, that's a big moment. That's like justice was finally done. Not, yeah. sorry, not necessarily trusting the Lord, was it? But no, no. It was a different way, but it was he, he made, he persevered. Yeah. And I like that it was, a, again, a circular narrative of like the very beginning of the series in that cinema, him watching it him talk it and then it ends with him talking about it he mentions the name as well where he got the name reeves yeah now he took that from the film as well which is something we had speculated about it's just really well done and the first time you ever see andrew she's breaking eggs yeah so and now now she's done it here yeah she's broken <laughs> and now you're actually eating and become a god yeah <laughs> not just that but she's you know i guess the whole egg symbology was 
with well, Dogs Manhattan, like what came first. Yeah. But also fertility, I guess, is a big part of it. What with, you know, True's existence. Yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. Children. Yeah. Legacy repeating itself. Legacy, exactly. Legacy begins with fertility. And now... What a mantra. So anything we didn't... Anything you wanted to know that we didn't find out? No, nothing that I wanted to know. Looking Glass's former wife never came back to play with the cloning. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I don't have much more to, to be honest, I, I don't fit, need things like t- t- tied up in a bow. Yeah. That's why I love leftovers so much. Yeah. Because life, you don't learn everything, do you? Not everything. Yeah. So I don't mind things that are left. If the writer thinks that we shouldn't know something, fine. I don't want to know it. I guess then you could question why would you introduce something if it wasn't going to matter. Yeah, but I uh, like look at the Coen Brothers films. Those things are introduced, but they don't ever really. Sometimes don't really ever go anywhere. And you think, why did we have that scene? But the scene is because that's life. You come across things that don't come back into play. Yeah, I mean, the cloning I would say was more misdirection than anything. Maybe, but you're a cynic. Well, I, I guess they had the cloned daughter. Yeah. So it was just to make make sure we're aware that cloning is cloning is going on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You cynic. What was the elephant? Yeah, the elephant was something a bit different that we didn't <laughs> find out about. But again, I don't need to know. I don't need to know. That was just for a gag. Elephant, elephant in, the room. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a good one at that. Yeah. <laughs> if people have enjoyed listening to us. Yes. There's another podcast that we do that we've mentioned before. Yes. Even we mentioned it this episode. Even. We have. And I just want to stress that we would love it if you joined us for the ride. Yeah. Come listen. Because we're done now here. This is done. And it's been really fun. And I've really enjoyed doing it. But we're now going back to The Lost Boys. And we are on season four. Uh, Episode two, weirdly. Because we started (laughs) season four and then realised we couldn't do two podcasts at once. Uh, What with our busy lives. But um, in the new year, we're going to be back on Lost. In a big way, aren't we, Jack? Yeah. How are you feeling? Daunted. So, please join the ride and experience lost again or for the first time or whatever through Jack a newbie's eyes or me an expert and now the hard sell's over yeah just like to thank everyone for listening along to this podcast feels weird that it's (laughs) over and that Watchmen is finished I mean my biggest thank you goes to Damon thank you Damon Lindelof for creating this show thank you Regina King thank you Regina King and thank you Yaya Abdul-Mateen who uh, who we've got an episode coming up with uh, uh, an interview with. Yeah, which will be released at the same time. Bonus episode for you. Yeah. So you get to unwind. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but thanks again, everyone, for listening Yeah, thank along. you. It's been a pleasure. Thank Has you for all the comments. Thank you for all the, the speculation that's been going on as well. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot, a lot of fun. We are the Eggmen. We are the Eggmen. Jack is a walrus. <laughs> <laughs>